That was awesome. Um, my husband was wrong. This is not work for me. I am so looking forward to just sharing with you today. Thank you. You're going to get the podium. Thank you. No, I've really, really been looking forward to this. And um, Pastor Ryan and I have four young children, two of whom you saw in the video. Um, the two little girls sitting together were our two oldest children, Amarissa and Faith. And um, I've had a great start to my Mother's Day this morning already. Um, my oldest, Amarissa, came in and woke me up by singing to me um, her Mother's Day card for me. Uh, one of her talents is singing, and she came in and she sang me her Mother's Day card, and then the two girls um, asked permission. Thankfully, I've been working with them on that, and they asked permission to go outside because they needed to, to get me a special present outside. So as moms, you know it's coming. It's a bouquet of dandelions, right? <laughs> and it's so precious. So... Um, I've had a great start, and my mom is here this morning, and she has just always been there for me. In fact, last night I called her up about 20 to 10, and I said, Mom, the last time they put this microphone contraption on me, um, it just messed up my hair because it goes underneath, and they put it over the top, and it was all smashed down. So would you meet me in the sound booth at 940 to help me out with my hair while they put the microphone on? Sure, I'll be in the sound booth at 940, you know, and that's just such a small example of how she's just always been there for me throughout my life. Um, <clears throat> but we're going to go ahead and get started this morning. If you would turn in your Bibles to Colossians 315, uh, that is our master text for today, to use my husband's verbiage, Colossians 315, and it says this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now Jesus has already given you his peace. He said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. I don't give as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be afraid. So he's already given to you his peace. But what we're going to talk about today is how we let the peace that he's given us, how we let it rule in our hearts. Because what that means is when a, a negative situation or a stressful situation comes along, um, the peace of Christ is to rule over those circumstances. The peace of Christ in your heart is to rule over the emotions that can come up as a result of those circumstances. Um, <clears throat> In the past two years for me, two to two and a half years, uh, have been very eventful in my life. A lot has happened, and uh, a lot of good has happened. A, a little over two years ago, uh, Ryan and I decided to move from Minneapolis back to Green Bay to help start this church. And uh, it was very exciting. At the time, I was pregnant with our third child, um, just a few months away uh, from giving birth to Landon. Um, and we were excited. We knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God had called us to do that. 
Uh, but there were certainly challenges. Our home in Minnesota hadn't sold yet. Um, so we lived with my parents, which was a total blessing. We never could have come and, and done this unless they had opened our home to us for those first few months until our home in Minnesota sold. Um, but, you know, they, they say for women, one of our top needs is security. And um, for me, you know, Ryan left his job that he had in Minneapolis, and we came here, and we initially didn't get a paycheck, and we were living with my parents, and I was going to have my third baby and certainly couldn't give in to those nesting urges, right? I'm not in my own home. Home. And, um, and then the birth of the church, God was faithful and with us every step of the way. In fact, I mean, when I look just today, it's only been not even two and a half years. And if I were an outsider, I would never guess that this church was that young. Um, you know, someone might say, Two, two and a half years in, you're still just a church plant. You're still just young. But we just have an awesome worship team and children's ministry and, and our groups. And um, I just would never know, you know, all, all what God has done. And that will be in our new building soon. He's just been so faithful. Um, but, but in those very early stages, when Ryan and I sometimes felt like, what are we doing? And, um, you know, I took on helping the, the children's ministry. And I remember I was pregnant and I just packed up a box of toys of my kids' toys and, okay, I'm ready to go. And um, so at times I felt overwhelmed. I think everyone has felt that way at times. Certainly we as moms have felt overwhelmed and... Um, you know, that feeling of being overwhelmed just threatened to steal the peace that Jesus, I knew he had given me. And, you know, I would feel overwhelmed for a while. And then this righteous anger would just rise up in me. And I thought, no, Jesus gave me his peace. He gave it to me. I'm not going to feel in this state of being overwhelmed. I'm going to walk and live in the peace that Jesus has given to me, no matter what my circumstances, albeit they were good, they were just a lot, looks like right now. And um, there were two truths, two truths that just anchored my soul, that in those times, um, they gave me the tenacity to hold on to the peace that Jesus has given us. And those two truths are this, that God loves you, that God loves me, and that I can trust him. Because if you don't know that God loves you, and I mean really loves you, if you don't know that, you won't trust him. And if you don't trust him, you certainly won't walk in the peace that Jesus has given you. Does that make sense to you guys, right? So we're just going to go back and we're just going to start um, just foundational truth today. Foundational truth that God loves you. We know that God loves the world right? For God so loves the world that he gave his only son. We know that God loves the church. He refers to the church as his bride. But what helps me often is meditating, and there's many of them, meditating on the scriptures that talk about an individual love, 
that he loves you and he loves me individually, not just as a part of a collective body, but individually. So we're going to turn this morning to Psalm 139. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 139, please. And I I had a number of scriptures in mind that I was going to go through that speak of this powerful, fervent, individual love. And um, I was just going to pull one out of this chapter, but, you know, God just had me stay here. He just had me stay here. So we're going to uh, read about half of the Psalm 139, starting with verse 1. But before I do that, I wanted to mention this, because I would get hung up on this once in a while in my own walk. Um, Right above Psalm 139, it says a Psalm of David. And what I want to challenge you to do this morning as I read this, my challenge to you is to know that God is speaking to you, to just you to each and every one of you. But I would see a Psalm of David and I would think, man, David did great things for God. He really did. He did a lot of great things for God. So this Psalm must just be specific to David's relationship with the Lord. I want this. I want it to be true of my relationship with him, but I haven't done what David did. Um, so I just, I just want to address that for a moment because I don't know if I'm alone in those thoughts, but just in case I'm not, I want to address that. Um, David's righteousness is the same as yours and mine, and that is as of filthy rags. That's what the Bible says, that no one is righteous except for Jesus. So it doesn't matter what he did or what you did. All of our righteousness is as a filthy rags. No one is righteous except for Jesus. But when he died for us, the gift that he gave us, he gave us his gift of righteousness, his gift of righteousness. So if I'm battling condemnation and I go to God in prayer, I I go back to that truth that it's not my righteousness Even if I had a great day, I got up, I had a quiet time, I didn't lose my temper with the kids, still filthy rags. It's God's righteousness. He's given it to you, each and every one of you. So when you go to God in prayer, that's what he sees is Jesus's righteousness. Holy, blameless, without blemish. That is what he sees. So this psalm applies to you just as it applied to David. So when I read it to you, just know, just just think about you and God. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me and you know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, You know it completely, O Lord. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that intimate? You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. So just getting a visual of that, he goes before you. He is your rear guard. He puts his hand upon you. So you are enclosed with the love of God. 
And um, <clears throat> I also just want to talk just a moment about the Holy Spirit. Um, when Jesus was preparing to leave and he was telling his disciples he was to ascend to heaven with his heavenly father and he would uh, not leave them alone but leave them a comforter, one to guide them into all truth, um, he, of course, was speaking of the Holy Spirit. And this is how I think of it. If you go back just a moment to creation, uh, the, the full Godhead was present in creation. Father God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And it says that the Holy Spirit at creation hovered over the waters. And so when I think of Jesus saying to us that he's going to send us the Holy Spirit, I think, you know, the Holy Spirit is a person. He could have chosen just to hover over us, right? Like he did at creation, just hover over the church. This is how I think. But he didn't choose just to hover over us. He could have guided us in all truth, hovering over us. He chose to live within each and every one of us, which again just speaks to that individual love. So there are many scriptures that talk about that, that the Holy Spirit lives within your heart. Isn't that awesome? I get excited about that. I feel loved when I think about that. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. He's with you in the difficult times. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your right hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So in other words, you can't hide from God. He will find you. And he is, even if you are right now hiding from him, he is seeking you. He is pursuing you with a fervent love. And as your revelation of his love for you grows, so your trust in him will grow. Does that make sense? And that's a journey. That's a journey. This side of heaven, you know, I'm believing that next year I'll know more of his love for me than I know right now. I'm believing that for tomorrow. We're all on that journey together. And, and it's an increasing thing. And this side of heaven, we can never fully understand the magnitude of his love. And that's what keeps our walk exciting and fresh because we know there's always more. There's always more to discover. And as we grow and grow, our trust in him grows because we know that a God who loves us so much that although we do face difficulties, his love for us is so strong and his ultimate plan for our lives is good. I, um, for a number of years in my life, I spent quite a bit of time meditating on scriptures pertaining to trusting God. And that's because um, in my late teens to probably mid to maybe late 20s, um, 
I really struggled with insecurity and I really struggled with fear of failure when new challenges came. And I would push myself. I still took on a lot of new challenges in those years, but it was just like that insecurity and that fear of failure was right there continuously. And I just had to battle it and battle it and battle it. And um, one way that that I found for me that was just most effective to, uh, to battle that insecurity and that fear of failure was meditating on the promises of what happens when we trust God. And I actually had all of these promises written out on these note cards. You know, you can get those note cards in a binder. So each note card I had, you know, when I trust God, and I had those scriptures written out. And then at the top of the um, binder, I had written, when I trust God, and I just paraphrased all of those promises. So if I needed a quick (laughs) confidence boost, bam, I could just go right there, and I carried that with me. And I'm going to share those with you in just a moment. But... um, one of the, the challenges that I took on in those years was um, I went to Oral Roberts University, and I knew th- that God was asking me to go there. I started out at GB, um, and not that we all have to go to Christian colleges, but I just knew that's something that he was asking me to do to further my walk with him. And uh, it's in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I remember when my parents dropped me off. I was so excited because I knew God had asked me to do that, and I wanted to get to know him more. And then they started to drive away. (laughs) And the tears started rolling down my face because I thought, I'm in Oklahoma. (laughs) Oklahoma. This place is different. I don't know anybody here. What am I doing in Oklahoma? And... um, But, you know, I went to those scriptures that, God, I'm going to trust you, and I know that I'm not alone. Um, But I just want to read to you because it really, really is powerful. You know, sometimes um, people don't realize the power there is when you choose to place your trust in God, and it is a choice. So this is what I had written down. When I trust God, my soul is redeemed. I am not condemned, my heart rejoices, I am helped, my heart leaps for joy, mercy surrounds me. Isn't this powerful? Just choosing to trust, come on guys, just choosing to trust in God. I think of this as a mother or a new circumstance. You know, I'm battling that, and then I choose to trust in God. And I know it says, I am helped. That's from a scripture verse. I can rely on God's divine help to help me. Mercy surrounds me. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I've made plenty as a mom. But if I choose to trust God with my mothering, mercy surrounds me. It surrounds those mistakes. There's power in this. My righteousness, that's what, that which Jesus has given to me, shines like the noon, shines like the dawn. My cause like the noonday sun. I have a kingdom cause, so I want it to shine like the noonday sun. He will make my path straight. I am blessed. I will prosper. So there is a lot of power in trusting God. There's one other scripture 
that I want to read to you. And it is this. It's been one of my favorite scriptures for many years. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. You will keep him in perfect peace. This is key, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Now, this takes tenacity. It really does. It takes tenacity, just like when those feelings of being overwhelmed hit me, you know, around two years ago. I had that tenacity to... to, to sense that righteous anger, to say, no, I'm not going to stay here. The peace Jesus has given me isn't dependent upon my circumstances. And I had to keep my mind on Jesus. And I had to keep my mind on those two truths that we just talked about, that God loves me and that I can trust him. So when a stressful situation comes and you have those negative emotions Rise up. I definitely get those. I recognize those are coming from my thoughts. What am I thinking? And then I have to examine my thoughts against those two truths. God loves me. I can trust him. And if my thoughts are contrary, if they don't line up with those two truths, I've got to throw them out. It does take tenacity and it is a battle, but it is worth it. Also being tenacious about holding on to the peace that Jesus has given you, that tenacity will drive you to make decisions about your life. Because Jesus does not want um, our lives to be a constant struggle of holding on to this peace, of letting this peace rule in your life. Now, that's naturally going to happen. It happened to me with even good circumstances, But sometimes we just have to take a look at our schedule and say, it's too packed. And this is why I'm continuously in this battle of letting the peace rule in my heart. And then you go to God in prayer and he will show you what to cut out and what to keep. And that tenacity will help you stick with that decision and follow through with that decision. Because we only have one life this side of heaven. And I know for me, this one life that I have, I want to live it with the peace that Jesus has given to me. He paid a high price to give me his peace. So I want to value and treasure that gift. And in closing today, um, I'm actually going to share with you a failure of mine. I had a victory story all written out. I have have been growing in, in this journey of letting his peace rule. I know I have. I hope Ryan would contest to that. But, um... God said, you know, choose one example. And I thought, victory. He said, choose failure. <laughs> so oh, I had the victory story all written out. But um, <laughs> um, I'm going to share with you a failure because only Jesus is perfect. And this is a journey. And so, you know, I, my prayer is that, that this message has helped you and equipped you. But what do you do when you fail? 
because again, only Jesus is perfect. Um, so about, about a week and a half ago, I had a bad day with my kids. And I was even thinking a little bit about this message and, you know, I was trying to take captive those thoughts and just let the peace of Jesus rule, but I didn't. I completely failed and I, I yelled at them. I lost my temper. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't who Christ has created me to be. I just put that old man right back on. And um, that night, Ryan and I tucked him in bed and we were going to spend some time together. And I said, Ryan, I just need some time alone with God first. And he said that would be a good idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> let God help me first. Um, so I went in the bedroom and I shut the door and I knelt down on the side of the bed. And I just cried because I felt so badly. You know, we as moms, we miss it with our kids. And um, I just thought of how I missed it with my kids. And I thought of how I hurt their feelings. And I felt just horrible. And then, of course, the enemy likes to try to take advantage of that, right? And just bring condemnation. And it was like the spirit of despair was trying to come over me. And it was almost as if, man, I don't even want to see those kids tomorrow morning. I feel so bad. And... Um, I just opened up my Bible, and it opened to Lamentations 3. And I was familiar with this passage of Scripture, and I knew it's what God had wanted me to read. So I started reading it at verse 19, and it says, I remember my affliction and my wandering. And I thought of, I remember my frustration and my lack of patience the bitterness and the gall. And I thought of, I remember saying sorry way too many times today to my kids. In fact, I said sorry to my two-year-old Landon. I said, Landon, mommy's sorry, I lost my temper. And he said, mommy, you got to find your temper. <laughs> I think that was the only time I smiled that day. <laughs> I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me, and it was. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And when I read that, I, um, I think I cried some more because I just felt so loved of God. And I remember that it wasn't about me, that he is greater than me, that he is greater than my failures, that he is ultimately my children's parent. And um, I knew that I had invited him into our parenting. And I knew that I could rely on him and that his grace and his mercy that surrounds me was sufficient to cover my mistakes with my children. And then this hope started to rise up within me, and I just thought, God, even where I missed it with my kids today, you can take that, and I did hurt their feelings, but you can take that and you can draw, use that to draw them to you. See, even in the bad stuff, God is right there, and he'll, he'll make it good 
if you just let him. So I went to bed. Actually, I, I still had somewhat of a godly sorrow that leads to true repentance. I was still had that repentance for my, for my actions, but it wasn't that despair. And I had some hope and some faith that, God, I'm just believing that right now, your word says you'll instruct us even as we sleep, that even as my kids sleep, God, you'll draw them to you. You'll use my mistakes today that they'll run to you, God, because one day our kids are going to have to run to him for comfort and not always come to me. And that's a process. And I pray that I'm instilling that in them. Let's go ahead and bow our heads in closing. Father God, I just thank you that you are here with us today. I thank you for this opportunity just to speak to your people. I just pray right now that you move on the hearts of every person here today, God. If they already know you as their personal savior, I pray that they would leave here with a deeper revelation of your love. And if you do not know Jesus as your personal savior, if you have not made that decision, it is a choice to live for him. It is a decision to say, Jesus, I can't, but you can. I accept your Holy Spirit who desires to live in my heart. If you have not made that decision, I pray right now with heads bowed and eyes closed that you would raise your hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Would you all please just repeat after me? <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I choose to live for you. I choose to rely on your love for me. I choose to trust you. You are worthy of my trust. I invite your Holy Spirit to live within my heart. I surrender my life to you and the good plans you have for it. Show me what I can do to learn more of this great love. In Jesus' name, amen.